Hi and welcome to the Movie Magoos. My name is Rory, occasional screenwriter, occasional filmmaker, frequent movie watcher. Welcome to the review for Incredibles 2. I got that feeling that something rank is going down out there. It's the Movie Magoos Film Reviews Show. Sonny, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. What's that? It's super fresh. What the hell, you're an idiot. I am a meat popsicle. The easy way. This podcast is the very first recording in the voice booth that I've built. Here in Adelaide, Australia, I've started a podcasting studio. It's called Pod Booth, which is what I'm recording from right now. So if you like how this sounds, and if you're lucky enough to live close to Adelaide, you can have this too. All right, down to business. Incredibles 2. Wow! Elastigirl, there you are. I didn't know you... Yep, wow. It was an incredibly good idea to make the first film. The first Incredibles was fresh and clever, deep, funny. It had a great message for both kids and adults, and it was original. But damn, Incredibles 2 is none of those things. Wait a minute. You're saying what? It does have some good points, so I will cover those too. But Pixar, what are you doing to me? I expect so much more. Did John Lasseter take you with him when he went down in flames? Is this what we should be expecting from Pixar moving forward? I certainly hope not. I'll explain what I'm talking about later in a little more detail, but for now, I'll focus on the film they've given us. Here's the official synopsis. Everyone's favourite family of superheroes is back in Incredibles 2, but this time Helen is in the spotlight, leaving Bob at home with Violet and Dash to navigate the day-to-day heroics of normal life. It's a tough transition for everyone, made tougher by the fact that the family is still unaware of baby Jack-Jack's emerging superpowers. When a new villain hatches a brilliant and dangerous plot, the family and Frozone must find a way to work together again, which is easier said than done, even when they're all incredible. To help my family, I gotta leave it. To fix the law, I gotta break it. You've got to, so our kids can have that choice. It's a good synopsis. It's written well. I'm not surprised. Good writing has always been the driving force behind the phenomenally good track record of quality films that Pixar have put out over the years. Story is king. That's basically their motto. I've heard them say exactly that in numerous interviews. This is a studio that takes its time to make sure the story is worth telling. And the animation? Whole other level. That's what I usually say. For the first time, that is not what I said after having seen their latest big screen venture. No, sir. Quite the opposite. Oh, no. Oh, boy. What is the... uh, This isn't me. First up, let's look at the story. Mr. Fantastic. I get it. It's fun to see this big lug superhero struggling with the everyday routines. In the first film, they did it really well. They had him get a day job in a boring cubicle selling insurance, and he had a douchebag boss. In the second one, they pretty much just plagiarised their own film and have him be the stay-at-home dad. It worked the first time. I suppose it should have worked the second time, but it didn't. Having a crappy job and a douchebag boss was fun because we could quietly hate them with him. They can make the boss as irritating as possible and it only makes the film even funnier when he eventually snaps and punches the guy through a wall. In the second film, it's the kids who are the douchebags. 
well, kind of douchebags. We're still supposed to like them, but they also have to make them irritating. So dad goes a bit crazy. And these are important characters with backstories, so we understand their perspective. Done properly, parenting is a heroic act. Done properly. So we've got the tween daughter, Violet. She's a non-stop whinge. Is she having adolescence? Who's always just angry and blames her father for every little thing in her life. Mom's new job. And her brother, Dash, is the most annoying character I've seen in a movie uh, uh, that I can even remember. We want to fight bad guys. I use bad guys. Dash is this maniacal little hyperactive kid who shouts all his dialogue. What? Is this all vegetables? Who wanted all vegetables? I did. And consistently breaks stuff. And half the movie is taken up with this frustrating family stuff. I just wanted to smack these kids for being so annoying. I mean, is the movie about the kids learning to be better people? No, it's not about that. It's about dad learning, I don't know, some life lesson. I mean, why should the dad be the one to learn the lesson? Shouldn't it be the kids? The kids who have to learn from all this and stop being so irritating? I don't know. It's getting me worked up. Oh, I got so frustrating. It defines who I am. We're not saying you have... What? I did try to go along with it, but it just had so much manic that it, my brain started to hurt. It reminded me of those Minion movies where everybody shouts at each other and makes zany jokes because the story is lousy and all the kids watching it have attention deficit disorder. Pixar, what are you doing? This is not the kind of movie you make. I'm not sure if you heard my review of Coco from last year. I mean, I gushed in that movie. I gushed unashamedly. I even gushed over Cars 3. I mean, that wasn't the best movie in the world, but it was pretty good. It had some real heart. The animation looked like it had had some effort put in. So what happened with Incredibles 2? Well, I have a theory, but I'll get to that in a moment. I did say at the start of this review that I had some positives. So here's what I did enjoy. Elastigirl, the mother character. She gets to go fight crime. Those scenes are excellent. We get these amazing fly-throughs of the city while she's out hunting down the new big bad, the Screenslaver. Greenslater interrupts this program for an important announcement. A villain who hypnotizes anyone who looks at a screen, and that gets good and sinister. I liked that. The Screenslaver even gets this haunting monologue that plays out while Elastigirl sweeps through the city. People don't talk anymore. They watch talk shows. It's creepy, and I love it. The animation in these scenes was exciting and dynamic. There's also a hilarious two-minute scenes with the super-powered baby fighting a raccoon. That baby was the best thing about this whole movie. And that two minutes, probably my favourite two minutes in the whole movie, felt like one of their famous short films. Samuel L. Jackson is here. Barely. I think they just needed a few cool one-liners to include on the trailer to trick people like me into thinking it was going to be a good movie be mad because I know when to leave a party. And while I did enjoy those scenes I just described, it's constantly getting intercut with the other narratives in this film. Dad at home with the difficult kids. Oh, what the? Num num cooking. Oh my god. Cooking. Dash needs help with his homework. Dad struggles with maths again and again. 
Violet mopes around and gets angry and blames the dad and gets more angry and blames the dad and more maths homework and Dash has broken something else in the house and the babies needs a diaper change? Oh, math is math. Okay, math dad. is math. Hello? Hey, honey. How are the kids? I mean... Give me more of that superhero stuff with the mum, please. That was good. This other stuff blows. Violet's so heavy, drooping. Eventually, when the family do suit up and start fighting crime, everything that was set up in the first half, the villain and the incredibly cool hypnosis machine that is pretty much dropped in favour of mindless action that is really no better than what you get on a Saturday morning cartoon. I thought they were going to take a stab at society's unhealthy addiction to phones and screens. The screen slater interrupts this program. I saw them setting this up and I thought, hey, that's really clever and it's kind of badass. But no, it gets completely dropped. It's like an executive at Disney must have got wind that they were doing this storyline and they said, hey, 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 no, we want kids watching screens nonstop. We're about to launch our own channel to compete with Netflix. They want kids watching screens. So they just forced the filmmakers to drop that plotline about halfway into the movie and never speak of it again. So all that setup was for nothing. It was just completely pointless. What they replace it with is these weird goggles that the bad guys hand out. Lazy and stupid and lame. I'm not all dark and angsty. I'm Elastigirl. I'm, you know, flexible. Around that same time, as the story gets lame, so does the animation itself. There is not a single moment in the second half of this film that I thought, ooh, wow, look at that. It's all very fast-cutting and average-looking. I guess the story just wasn't worth the effort. So, you know, if that's the case, I kind of understand. The animators must have just gave up after that and saved their energies for Toy Story 4, because that's what they're working on next. Apparently the film was completed ahead of schedule, so that's probably down to them all doing such a half-assed job of the second half. I love superheroes. The powers, the costumes, the mythic struggles. The music score is good. Michael Giancino is back for his seventh Disney film score. It's rich, it's a lively score that feels like one of those classic spy meets classic superhero movies. I dug it. But let's get to my final thoughts. Brad Bird, the writer-director, is a strong writer and a strong director. I'm surprised that he's delivered such a disappointing film here. He's got a fantastic track record, especially with Pixar, so I'm disappointed. That is freaky. Incredibles 2 strikes me as a desperate cash grab. Maybe they needed some quick cash to make up for their lost income from the recent Star Wars flop, which I called... Check out my recent solo review on Apple Podcasts. Or perhaps they needed the cash to compete with Netflix. As we speak, they are desperately trying to firm up a purchase of 21st Century Fox. So yeah, Disney need the cash. Disney need a hit. Whatever the reason, their hearts were just not in this movie. And it shows. Help me bring supers back into the sunlight. I love a movie with interesting, relevant female characters. It's something that Disney have always been good at. Elastigirl is one of those girls, and she does get some great scenes, but the counter-story with Mr. Incredible is just so frustrating that it detracts from her story. 
It feels like they were trying to make some point about feminism and their gender. That sort of sub-level storytelling usually gets woven into the story really cleverly. They did it with Cars 3, it was great. But here it was just distracting. Better than me? <clears throat> okay, at the start of this review, I mentioned that I had a theory as to why things went so wrong with this movie. Every movie has problems. Every movie needs work done to it. Usually, when a Disney story isn't quite working, they bring in their chief creative officer, John Lasseter, the master story himself and driving force behind Pixar. He's the man who has repeatedly helped steer many of their own films back on track and saved the day. But not anymore. So, are we going to talk about it? Why? The elephant in the room. John Lasseter has been fighting an ugly sexual harassment lawsuit. This is ugly stuff. This all led to them firing their own hitmaker, the man that saved countless Pixar films, and they made their own chief creative officer for both Disney and Pixar. He may have been a horrible human being, but he made their movies work. But you'd have to wonder about the effect this had on Incredibles 2. They're out in public again. Well, I'd say the effect it had was exactly what I described. You get a weirdly feminist, man-hating cash grab of a movie. This makes you feel awkward and uncomfortable and just... I actually got out of this movie angry. I don't expect to come out of Pixar films angry. Swim at your own risk. But anyway, I've not lost faith in Disney Pixar. They've done so many good movies in the past and I hope moving forward that they are able to recapture that quality, that craftsmanship that made their 19 previous films so wonderful. And I hope Incredibles 2 is just a one-off misstep. Oh, and if they make Incredibles 3, I hope they make it all about the baby fighting the raccoon. Bring back the baby, bring back the raccoon. That was the best bit in the whole movie. That was awesome. <laughs> so thank you very much for listening to this review. It went a lot darker than I was expecting from a Disney review. If you have fancy hearing some far more positive reviews, check out the Movie Magoo's film reviews on Apple Podcasts. The Movie Magoo's film reviews is brought to you by Podbooth, Australia's premium podcasting studio. Thanks again, my name is Rory. We'll catch you next time on the Movie Magoo's film reviews. Yeah.